Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la you found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. 8.6 beer, intense by nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinaro, the sick podcast, doing it a little bit differently this year. We are live right now on YouTube, on Facebook. And on Twitter, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel up until now, please do so. It's absolutely free and share it with your friends. Subscribe to our Twitter handle at the sick podcast to our Facebook group page at the sick podcast. And I'm also live on my own personal Instagram account to tell you the truth. Official Tony Marinaro. This way you can watch me pretty much everywhere. And of course, this podcast and these podcasts will be uploaded and you'll be able to listen to them. Uh, as of tomorrow on all social media platforms, be it Google, be it Spotify, be it Apple, actually not all of them, because one of them kicked us off. That's a story that you'll read about in my book one day, maybe. Speaking of which, how sports radio, English sports radio doing in Montreal nowadays? I hear it's not the same. I had to get that one in. But anyway, I'm Marinaro, and this is the Sick Podcast. And this year, throughout the entire hockey season, what we're going to be doing is we are going live Monday to Friday, starting at 10 p.m. There's no guarantees on the show duration. They should last about an hour. But if I'm in one of those moods or something crazy happens and you're going to be giving me call and you're going to be calling all night, I'm going to get to your calls. And guess what? I'll go later than 11 o'clock if I have to, even though I got used to a beautiful world that is working about 25 minutes per day total between radio and television combined. Oh, my God. It's so much more beautiful on the other side. Speaking of beautiful, your Montreal Canadiens are back. And listen, when I made the move to dedicate more time to the beautiful podcast world and the beautiful sick podcast, we thought about a lot of things. And the automatic would have been to go live at 10 a.m. in the slot that I used to have on radio, which I occupied for give or take about 15 years. But one of the things we talked about and we brainstormed and we thought about and we had meetings myself with the production team of Sick Media. We put a lot of money into this production team, by the way. It's like about 8,000 people working. Let's actually go back to Master Control right now so you can see who they are. Let's do it. 
There you go. Yeah, your mic's off. Yeah, yeah. She has to tell him. No idea what he's doing. None. None. I told him on this show with me to expect the unexpected. And on day one, he's not even ready. His mic is off. He needs his daughter in the other room to tell him to turn on his mic. The guy's got absolutely no idea. If he wasn't the owner of this operation, I would have fired him by now. Agnello, how are you? How are you doing? Good. Very good. All right. So that's Agnello to the left. And all the good looks is to the right. And that's Sammy Cavallaro, who's the brains behind the operation. How are you doing, buddy? Very good. Opening night in the National Hockey League. One game is final. And the New York Rangers defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 3-1. to one. And the game went under 5.5, as I told my buddy Jean-Charles Lajoie from BPM Spar, 91.9 on your FM dial in Montreal. The best morning show on sports radio in the city by far. I particularly love this segment that starts at about 8 o'clock. I think the guy that joins him is extremely interesting, and he's got beautiful curly hair and bluish-green eyes. A little bit of a tan because he's been sending, spending some time on a soccer field over the past couple of days. All right, so if you're wondering what's been up with me, I will tell you that besides being a collaborator on Jean-Charles Lajoie's radio show called Premier Contar on 91.9 FM Montreal BPM Spar. Uh, and being a collaborator on his TV show, GC, on TV Aspar. And you can listen to me on the radio Monday to Friday at around 8.05 a.m. And you can listen to me or watch me, pardon me, on his TV show Monday to Thursday at around 5.30 p.m. Besides that, and besides the sick podcast, I've been spending a lot of time watching soccer games And uh, I was in Spain from the end of August until September 17th with my eldest son, Anthony, uh, who's now playing professionally in Spain, I'm happy to say. And I spent uh, the last five days or so in Vancouver, where I watched my son, Marco, play with his U-17 AAA St. Laurent team. And they won the league in Quebec. And so they represented Quebec at the Canadian National Championships. So all the provinces basically send the team that won the championship in their league. The host team, which was Surrey, BC, actually sent two BC teams. So there were 11 teams in all. And Marco St. Laurent team yesterday walked away as national champions. And I'm very, very proud to tell you that. And I'm very, very um, proud of it. Uh, because, uh, and I won't bore you too much with it, but I'll tell you that, um, you know, I've never seen a team do what that U-17 team did. Never. I've never seen that. Both my boys started playing soccer at four years old, and I've never seen a team be more of a team. They are the epitome of team. They tied their first game of their league by a score of 2-2 versus Brassard. They went on to win the next 16 games in their league. So they finished uh, with 16 wins and one tie. They won the league championship. I'm very proud to say that Marco was the leading goal scorer in the league with 28 goals in 16 games. I'm even prouder to tell you that Marco is the leading goal scorer uh, of all 17-year-olds in Canada. So he had a great year, and they went on to win the Quebec Cup, playing one year up. So they won five games in a row to capture the Quebec Cup, and then they went to the national championships, and they won their first game 3-0, their second game 3-0, their third game 3-0, and the final 3-1, one, 
I'm also very proud to tell you that Marco picked up a goal and an assist in the final game. And uh, he led the Canadian national championships in scoring with four goals and four games. So dream season for him. I want to thank the coaches. I want to thank the staff. The work they did was absolutely fantastic. Um, Marco and my family will never forget the treatment, the coaching, uh, the advice, and, and the fact that the entire staff and the entire organization went out of their way to make sure that the kids were missing absolutely nothing. They prepared them incredibly well for the entire season and the Canadian National Championships. And now it's over, and um, I don't know really what to do with my life besides the podcast, of course. I'm all kidding. All right, I'm kidding. We got that out of the way. I just wanted to thank everyone. I thought it was amazing. I'm so looking forward to this podcast. I have to tell you something. It's going to be it's going to be a forum for Montrealers, if you know what I mean. It's going to look like a radio sh- it's going to sound like a radio show, but it's going to look like a TV show. So it's going to be kind of like a hybrid show. When I left radio, a lot of people told me that they missed listening to me on English radio. They missed my rants, they missed talking to me, they missed calling me, they missed sending me messages. So now the way we're set up you can actually do everything, okay? So you can, you know, I'll be prepared to take calls. I won't tonight because tonight I really want to use it to introduce the show to you and introduce some of our collaborators and all that stuff. But, um, you know, if all goes well, as of tomorrow, I'll be taking your calls. So like I said, you know, when I started off in the industry, I started off working the Habs post-game show, all right? So I'm no stranger to this time slot. And actually, even before I started off in the industry, I have to tell you, uh, I was inspired by the late, great Ted Teven. He was the personality that I, uh, on-air radio personality that I enjoyed the most. And when I used to listen to him as a teenager, he was on from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And uh, I'm not going to go for three hours because I have, you know, collaborations going on in French radio, like I told you, and on French television. But I'm going to go for uh, give or take an hour or maybe even more than that. And although I had a lot of success with the time slot that was 10 a.m., a show that you remember as the Montreal Forum, I always felt that my character was more um, suited for going on at 10 p.m. instead of 10 a.m. But after all the meetings we had and all the talks we had of trying to bring the podcast to another level, one of the things that stood out was that after a huge Montreal Canadiens win, um, or a really bad Montreal Canadiens loss, one of the things that stood out was I used to get inundated with messages, especially on Twitter, and by the way, you can follow at the Sick Podcast and you can follow me at Tony Marinero on Twitter. I used to get inundated with messages from people saying, is it 10 a.m. yet? Is it 10 a.m. yet? Is it 10 a.m. yet? And when I would go on the next day at 10 a.m., yes, for sure, there were a lot of people listening. And I tried my best to rile people up. But one of the things I noticed was if only they can get my reaction right away, right after a game. And people would have loved that. But I wasn't the program director. And nor did I want to work the post-game show because, you know, you know, there was a financial aspect that was not to to my liking. But um, now we give you that. So now we're going to go on at 10 p.m. 
and you're going to get reaction. You don't have to wait until the next day. And I hope you're going to stay up and I hope you're going to watch it, whether it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook or it's on Twitter. Uh, but if you don't, the beauty of it is it'll be there for you the very next day on all those social media platforms. And you can either watch it and or listen to it. All right. So this is what I'm going to tell you about the show. The show has secured many collaborators and we have a schedule and Monday to Friday. And I'm also going to tell you that Matt O'Han and he and I, we did some work together in the past is going to be your host on Friday nights. I'll join him every now and then, but if you want me to be totally, you know, honest, ever since I've been working, you know, French radio and French television, I do 13 minutes of French radio per day. So as of Friday morning, after my 13 minute hit, my day is over because I'm not doing French television on Friday nights. I do it Monday to Thursday. So I got used to this life. I love it. So you know what? We're going to make Matt all kidding aside. That's one of the reasons. Actually, I'm not going to lie to you. It is one of the reasons. Um, another reason is Matt O'Han loves not only hockey. He really loves football. He's a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. And so Matt O'Han is going to be uh, joining you on Fridays where he's going to recap Thursday night football and he's going to preview the weekend's action. This show doesn't happen without you and the support that you've shown over the last couple of years. And it doesn't happen without our sponsors. So let me put on my glasses. 8.6 beer, intense by nature. The beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Thank you. Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, that would have been a long time ago. That would have been 1993. It's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. And I also want to welcome to the Sick Podcast for the very first time, Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. And I can tell you that, you know, they have a couple locations and serve pretty much everywhere in North America, like I just said. But they're pretty close to me here in Villa Sal. So a special warm welcome and a special thank you to owners Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard. Guys, welcome. Energy, welcome. And you're going to be a great partner in this venture because I'm all about energy. I'm actually going on energy right now because the jet lag and the flight and all that stuff. And I'm losing my voice. Isn't that good? Eh? Isn't that a great way to start? Show number one with your voice at like 30% of what it's supposed to be. But um, I get a little excited at soccer games, especially when you're playing for a Canadian championship, right? Anyway, not only do I have that, that kind of nervous energy tonight, I also have a little bit of anxiety at the same time. Uh, for those of you who know me, you know that I'm an open book and I'm always going to tell you what's on my mind and what's going on in my life personally, professionally, and all that stuff, right? Well, I could tell you that tonight, and my wife's going to kill me for saying this, I'm not 100% certain, but I think I saw a mouse, right? And Italians are, are sworn to, like, never to talk about this stuff because they feel that if one day you want to sell your house, no one's going to buy it because you admitted that a mouse was in your house. Like, as if I'm the only house in Montreal to have a mouse in the house, pretty much for the most part, everyone at one point in their lives has had a mouse in their house. I think I saw one. Maybe it's just me. 
and some of this anxiety I got going. I don't know what it is. I saw one once upon a time. And uh, because I'm worried of what it would feel like during a live podcast, I came equipped. Hold on a second. Let me show you. Here's the hockey stick. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would just, you know, kind of very, very gently, very gently just put the stick in the way and say, you know, don't approach my foot. Even though Agnello had master control. Agnello, by the way, I'm going to get Agnello involved. I just dropped the stick to the floor here. I'm going to get Agnello. Let's go back to Agnello if we can. Agnello. Yes, sir. Yeah, what was it you were telling me about uh, mice before? Because before we went on air, I told you I had a little bit of anxiety because of mice and stuff like that. And you said what about mice exactly? I said you do realize that mice are scared of you. And you answered me, yes. that doesn't, make, that doesn't yes. make you feel too good. Yeah, that's what people say. It still doesn't make me feel better about the situation. All right, okay. But thank you for that because I know that a lot of people were just thinking what you said. So you had a chance to say it now. Thank you. I'll get back to you a little bit later on. I plan to have Agnello and Sammy very involved, by the way, throughout the podcast, all right? A little bit of input here and there. That's probably Agnello's special, special – it's a specialty probably talking about mice and stuff like that. Okay, throughout the hockey season, on Mondays, it's my plan to be joined by Eric Engels of Sportsnet. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays – those who are on the beat, like Eric Engels of Sportsnet, Marc-Andre Perrault of TV Aspar, and Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette and HockeyInsideOut.com usually work. So I strategically have them on on Monday for Eric, Wednesday for Marc-Andre, and Stu on Fridays. This way, um, they won't miss too many shows. On Thursdays, George Larac, former Montreal Canadiens player, enforcer, Currently, radio host at BPM Spot will join me when the Canadians play most of their weeknight games on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. Anyway, tonight's not Monday. Tonight's Tuesday. But I didn't want to wait an entire week before talking to Eric Engels, so I bring him in right now. Eric, what's going on? <laughs> not much. I was just sitting here in the background laughing about mice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm going to talk about stuff like this every now and then because it's real life, right? I mean, I'm not the only one going through this stuff, right? Tony, we love you just for being you. Just thank just you. Be you at all. I time. appreciate it. And I love you for being you, and I love you for accepting uh, to be a full time collaborator here on the Sick Podcast. You're going to join us throughout the entire hockey season. We're going to try and make it happen on Mondays, but if on Mondays the Canadians are occupied and you're available on Tuesdays the way you are tonight or whatever, you're going to join us. We're going to make up for it. Pretty much the plan is to get you on once a week. So welcome to the first ever show of the Sick Podcast live weeknights at 10 p.m. You yeah. are my first collaborator. Congratulations. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. we got to be flexible. And uh, listen, I'll try to perform so you don't send me to Laval. All right, uh, I'll see if we can come up for it with a prize. All right, I, I want to. There's several things I want to talk about. Um, one of which is the lines going into tomorrow night's opening game, home opening night at the Bell Center versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Suzuki in between Anderson and Caulfield. Doc with Hoffman on his right, Monahan on his left. Dvorak with Slavkovsky on his left. 
And you're looking at Gallagher on his right. Drouin was rotating in and out. We'll talk about that. Evans with Pitlick on his left and Dadunov on his right. And Pizzetta was rotating in and out. On defense, Gouli Savard, uh, Jackai Weidman, Harris, and would it be Kovacevic? Because I haven't, I know that that's the correct pronunciation, but I bet you here in North America, somebody's calling him differently. But I bet you it's Kovacevic. I, I'm, I'm going to take your, your word for it. I'm going to ask him before mispronouncing his name, but I thought it was Kovacevic, but I, I think you're probably bang on with that. Yeah, it's, it's it's more of a soccer name than a hockey name. You know what I, I mean? Kovacevic. Yeah. Yeah, All right. It. Okay. So tomorrow night, Wednesday night, the Canadians host the Leafs. It's the Bell Center home opener of the season. Friday, the Canadians are in Detroit to visit the Red Wings. And on Saturday, they are in Washington to visit the Washington Capitals. We'll get back to the lines a little later. I want to... Um, the two great stories that you had up on Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca, and now I can actually call people that work at Sportsnet. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it's, um, it's it's nice to be on together. Yeah, I'm not so sure if people from the other network are actually going to come on my podcast. A couple of them told me no, but it's funny because they've contacted me twice in the past week to go on their radio stations, and uh, I also told them no. All right, okay, uh, so. You talked about Brendan, or you wrote about Brendan Gallagher. You had a great conversation with Gallagher, Gallagher's dad, Milan Lucic. Gallagher has been the subject of a lot of criticism or has been subject to a lot of criticism in the last year. Many are convinced that because of his size or lack thereof, he is breaking down He's going to get hurt, or he did get hurt. He's not going to score 30 goals again. He'll continue to break down, and like an older car or an older truck, once you have a lot of mileage on it, it tends to spend a lot of time in the garage, and then it doesn't run the same as actually having a new car. A lot of people are throwing in the towel on Brendan Gallagher. You would think they shouldn't because Gallagher has proved so many people wrong already in his career, and as he says... His mission is to actually prove the people right that believed in him. But there's always critics and there's always doubters and there's always naysayers. He said his body needed a full rest and some time off to get better. Eric, my question to you is, was he able to accomplish that? And will he bounce back? Yeah, I mean, there's no question he was able to accomplish that. And we'll see if he bounces back. I could say this, you know, like, my buddy uh, who works for The Athletic, Marc-Antoine Godet, made a great observation. We were watching one of the preseason games up top uh, together in the, in the press box, and he said he looks like he has a new pair of legs. Um, you know, Gallagher needs 80 workouts in a summer to what to complete what he says is a, is a full summer of building up his body. And, you know, when you go back through the years, I think if you even go back to when he was drafted, a lot of people said, this kid, the way he plays, he's not going to last, and he'll be damaged goods. Uh-huh. And it just it'll just be a matter of time. And if you look at the injuries that he suffered, it hasn't been because he was pounding away in front of the net or in the corners. You know, he he's gotten pretty unlucky. The the two, two broken hands. Yeah. yeah, the two broken hands were shots that hit him from Shea Weber and Johnny Boychuk. Um, you know, you go to the most recent his, uh, history of his injuries, and and they were detailed in my piece. I thought it was really important. And really good on Brendan Gallagher to open up about what he was dealing with because when you watch him go through a season where he has only seven goals and it's easy to draw the conclusion, okay, he's done, he's busted, and it's just yeah. not going to happen anymore, and he's on the decline. Um, you know, 
I don't think it did him any favors that nobody knew what he was really dealing with. We did know going back to the bubble that he had suffered a tear in his hip, but that wasn't because of his style of play. It happened because when the Canadians and the NHL paused their season in March of 2020, yeah. and they had that three-month period in between coming back, guys weren't able to go to the gym and they weren't able to have ice available to them. It was peak COVID. It was isolation and there was nothing available for them to properly train. So he's coming back cold. And he said a lot of players went into the bubble and they were getting hurt immediately. And that's exactly what happened to him. He tore his hip. Um, It wasn't torn so severely to the point that anybody ever recommended surgery for him. He had very little time to prepare for what was a shortened season the next year. Uh, and he played through that injury and still played reasonably well until he broke his thumb. And then he came back for the Stanley Cup playoff run mm-hmm. and was doing just fine and played a really great role, uh, albeit not as offensive, um, but but a, a really strong role after missing 21 games, jumping into the playoffs and going away all the way to the Stanley Cup final on that line with Phil Deneau. And, you know, he he gets two months to prepare for the following season and and that's where it all fell apart for him immediately in camp, his back went yeah. on him because all the compensation that comes from playing with a busted hip, yeah, uh, all the muscles around your legs, your, your back, it, it, it's, it's unsustainable. So yeah. he's playing catch up from the beginning of the year on the trainer's table earlier in the season. And it just goes to show some of the stuff that people go through, you know, it's very easy to sit from up top or in the fan base and say, this guy's this, and he's no good. And that, Oftentimes, we never know what pe- people are dealing with. Like, yeah. I was talking with Sean Monahan today, and Tell we all me. know what he's been through, right? Hip, like, hip, yeah, hip, both hips, right? Both hips, right? Yeah. Except last year, after having the first one done, there was nothing wrong with the second one until three games in, he tore it and kept playing through it and played at one point with three fractured ribs. And he was asking himself what he was even doing practicing because he couldn't tie his skates. And, you know, nobody knows. And people are ripping them apart in the media. And they're ripping yeah. them apart in the fan base. Right. Right. If I go back in time, Tony, um, Max Pacioretty, I remember one year he, he started the season in Montreal. Uh, he went goalless through October. And I think it was early on in his captaincy. And people were all over him. And, and likely you and me included. Yeah. Uh, Un- unlike, unlike Brian Savage, who always used to score in October, yeah. but not as much in uh, well, wait, in March or April. Yeah. Yeah. This is a 35 goal score. You're not scoring goals, right? And you're, you're just yeah. wondering, like, is it the pressure? Is it this and that? And I found out um, that he was playing with a broken foot. And I, I walked into the room and I said, Max, how long have you been playing on a broken foot? And he said, how did you find out? And I said, well, it doesn't matter how I found out. Why aren't you saying anything about it? You're, you're getting crushed left, right, and center. And we know – you know, there's a lot of players who ignore what we say, what the fans say, what mm-hmm. they, they need to in order to protect themselves and play the season. But, you know, he, he was a guy who, who listened a little bit too much to what was being said about him. And it's just uh, an example of how much he cared about what was going on and how much he cared about his status and Montreal yeah. as a, an important player. And, you know, I said, Max, like, I'm going to report this. Like, he's like, well, like, I don't want to use it as an excuse. I was like, nobody's going to think of you using it as an excuse. Like you, yeah. you have a legitimate reason as to why it's been hard for you to play through October. He said, I said, are you feeling good now? And he said, yeah, I feel good now. I said, okay, then there's no harm putting it out there. And I, I did. Uh, at the time we owned the regional broadcast rights for the Canadians yeah. and I'd set it on the broadcast. And I think in November he scored something like 10 or 12 goals in, in 14 games or whatever it was. And that, that whole story was behind us, but mm-hmm. these guys, and I thought it was really important to tell the story of Brendan Gallagher, but what 
he had to do in order to train himself to come back. And and he kept saying towards the end of the year, I just need a full summer to, to build my body back up. And I just kept thinking to myself, what does that entail? What is building his body back up? And what is he building back up exactly? What what went wrong and what happened to him? And so Eric, he, did I did I get this yeah. right in reading it? Does he deadlift five hundred and fifty pounds? Yeah, you definitely got it right because it's I in would, the first, it's in the first line of the article. So, but he he not only does he deadlift five hundred fifty pounds, which is absolutely ridiculous for a guy who's one hundred eighty four pounds. I can't believe that's unbelievable. He, he's listed at five nine. He's he's five eight, uh, and and you know he made a joke out of it, saying you know because I said you know Milan Lucic deadlift 70 pounds less than you as you yeah. know he's your workout partner in the summer and he said well you know i i have i'm shorter i'm lower to the ground and i have less there's less there's less uh area for the bar to cover coming up the ground mm -hmm. with me so but it's it's a ridiculous thing for him to be doing and he told me that he maxes out at over 610 pounds you could do a couple reps at that amount but they, they stopped him from doing that but the, the point of bringing that up in the article and yeah. coming back to it towards the end was that it was really reassuring for Gallagher that by the end of the summer, he was able to lift the same weight that he's been lifting in seasons where he has been healthy and on his way back to Montreal. So wish him all the best. You know, this is a guy that has a lot to prove. He's, he's yeah. in a, early on in a very lucrative contract. And, and, and know, people have to stop looking at that contract, Eric, because we know yeah. that at this stage of his career, that's a lot of money. We also know yeah. that Brendan Gallagher, for the longest time, I believe it was a six-year deal that he was making $3.75 million. He was underpaid at the time when he had yeah. scored 30 goals he earned his money. Times and everything. So, you know, he's he's making more now because he was making less before. Let's stop talking about his money if we can for now. We know that if they ever put him on the market, it would be very tough to move him at the money that he's making right now, especially right now until he's actually could prove himself uh, that he can bounce back. But, you know, Marty St. Louis said something last year, and it always stuck with me, and I'm sure you'll remember this, of course, when he talked about having a conversation with Brendan and telling him that, you know, um, maybe they have to... I don't remember if the wording he said was change the way he plays because you know, Brendan can't change the way he plays, Right. But they kind of want to give him a different role where they believe that he'll be. Uh, they probably want to economize him a little bit so that he could end up playing throughout that entire contract. And he starts the season on a line with Dvorak and Slavkovsky. And I think they really want to make him into that kind of two way player. And he always has been. But remember when Kent Hughes talked about how. Brad Marchand got so much better uh, and added different layers to his game. Well, uh, you know, I'm not so sure that you know, Gallagher can do that, but they do want him to change the way he plays a little bit. Do they not? Um, well, listen, I, I did an interview with Martin St. Louis and I asked him, yeah. you know, if, if you had to pick one or two players on your team that you think have really embraced the concepts and shown uh, a, like a significant improvement based on the concepts you've been preaching, yeah. you know, who would they be? And he said, I, I got a point to, to Brandon Gallagher. I, like Galley wow. is the guy for me that when I watch him now, you know, it's not like I've asked him to stop being who he is as a player. He, we know he's F1. We know he's in front of the net taking a beating and all that. And he's not going to stop doing those things. But he doesn't have to be that guy on every single shift. Yeah. And he doesn't have to be that guy at the expense of reading the game 
mm-hmm. and understanding that somebody might be better positioned to be the F1 on a given play and someone might be better positioned to be in front of the net on a given play. So I, I think, you know, it's less so that they want to change him and change his role and more so that Martin St. Louis is, is preaching this type of balance all over yeah. the ice where you really want to read where everybody's in spatially. Um, not just not just in terms of your wingers and your defensemen, but also where the opposition is, so that you can make the best possible play to be in the best possible position at any given moment, and you're going to benefit from that. And he sees that Gallagher has really absorbed that information. Mm-hmm. I was talking with Josh Anderson today, and I wanted to know a bit about how St. Louis concepts have have sunk in for him. Yeah, and you know he was saying it's funny you bring up Brad Marchand, what Ken Hughes says. Because, you know, I think Adam Nicholas sent a lot of clips of Brad Marchand to Josh Anderson. because Who's they the Habs development it. coach, for those who don't yeah. know. He's, a, he's their skills coach. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, yeah you know, he's, a, he's their director of development, which is there is yeah. a key distinguishment. Because he's not just working on guys' shots and their passes. And he's really, what he's really working on is their hockey sense. Yes. Um, which is really a new way of doing things here. And Martin St. Louis and Adam Nicholas are big believers that you can train those things. Uh, and that's why they're doing things. I believe that. Way. I believe I, that too. Yeah, I believe it too, based on the way they're doing it. I think if you go through an NHL practice, like this was part of the St. Louis interview that I did here. Yeah. Um, if you go through a traditional NHL practice or morning skate, it's always been geared towards crisp passing and flow mm-hmm. and rushing up and down the ice. Um, so you create that kind of feel of, of being efficient. Mm-hmm. But Martin St. Louis was saying that, I hated those practices as a player because it didn't involve your brain. It didn't involve you simulating the game situations so yeah. that when you get in a situation where a player is rushing you in a certain area of the ice, that it's already worked into your muscle memory to mm-hmm. be able to evade that in a certain way. So getting back to Anderson and, and Gallagher and these guys who have played as strong forechecking, hard-nosed type players for their whole careers, it's not so much that they're being asked to change who they are, are as players they still have to do what makes them effective but they're being asked to read the game a lot more and so mm-hmm. uh, they sent clips to anderson you know take take a look at brad marshall the way he protects the puck you have this ability um you clearly have the body for it even much more than marshall does you can possess the puck a lot longer than you normally do on a given shift instead of playing give and go with it all the yeah. time and it, it's just little stuff like that that i find really interesting in terms of the way Martin St. Louis, Adam Nicholas, and the Canadians in general are approaching development because it's not so linear. They're they're really thinking about things in three dimension, uh, and they're thinking about not just developing the kids that are here, but the older yeah. players too. And for him to point to Gallagher of all players uh, as the one he thinks has really taken yeah. his concepts is fascinating because I think all of us would look at a guy like Gallagher and say, "Well, he's got his style of playing, and that's always who he's going to be." And I think we might see an evolution this year. It's 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 brilliant, Eric. And I'm going to tell you, I mean, they're not perfect, and of course, uh, they're going to be criticized every now and then. But I I, I don't know what people want uh, because I, I think that Marty St. Louis and and Adam Nicholas and Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon and the entire staff and the way they're doing stuff right now. I think it's modern day. I think it's perfect for this team, these players at this stage of their careers at this time. They're going through a rebuilding, or you can call it a building if you want. They're they're building, they're developing, they're looking around the league. They know that uh, they don't have the team to win it all right away. They know that it's going to take time. They know that if they try and cut corners, that there's teams ahead of them, and it's probably not the best situation. So it's a process. 
And I think they're the right people at the right time. Uh, and so I think it's awesome. All right, okay. Uh, for whatever reason, I mean, he's getting criticized the way he does practices. He's getting criticized because he's sliding on the ice. He's getting criticized because uh, he pulls out the board. Like, I don't even know why he's getting criticized anymore, but he is. I mean, it's like everyone's freaking out in Quebec because the Canadians were 0-8 in the preseason. A, who the hell cares about the preseason? B, they're going to lose most of their games in the regular season, and they're doing it, and they know they're going to do it. They're not losing the games because of incompetence. They're losing the games because they're icing a young team. They're playing some young players. They're not overly deep at certain positions. They lack some balance at other positions. And so it's just nature taking its course is what it is. Okay. Um, Here's Marty St. Louis, if you can. Listen in, Eric, on one player missing on the power play. No Slavkovsky. With the skill set he has. Inevitably, be a power play guy. I'm just wondering what what leads to the decision to maybe not start him there. I think he's got. Is this on? Yeah, I think he's got to uh, watch a little bit. You know, focus on his five on five game. And uh, I think he can learn a lot from watching. And uh, do I expect Slav to be a power play guy? Absolutely. It's just not today. Is there anything in that decision based on managing his energy? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the energy he needs to play five on five. Eric, that was you that asked Marty St. Louis the question. Are you surprised that they aren't going to actually give Slavkovsky the power that, you know, you would you would think that he would get the power play time and maybe less five-on-five time. They're saying, no, we want his energy to be for five-on-five, and he'll play power play going forward, but not just yet. Are you surprised at all by this decision? No. Uh, and I, I asked the question because I know a lot of fans were. You know, I think they were looking at the power play lines and saying, well, what's the point of keeping Slavkovsky here if you're not even going to put him in that mm-hmm. type of position and let him see? Look, the Canadians are not looking at Slavkovsky's development and being like, if he doesn't score 10 goals in the first 10 games, there's a problem here. This is not about goals. It's not about assists. It's about playing the right way and creating a certain uh, confidence within the player. And, uh, you know, one of the questions I asked Marty because I interviewed him before uh, we had that meet the media mm-hmm. session was, you know, at some point, if this kid needs to go down, how are you going to, how are you going to tell him so that he doesn't take it as like a failure on his mm-hmm. Um Cause we saw in the past with Cockney that when he went down, he was extremely disappointed, right? Like he, yeah, for sure. A, a, you know, so, and it's normal, right? Like these guys have big beliefs in themselves that they, they don't want to be in that situation where they're sent down. I don't think Slavkovsky is thinking for any second that he belongs in Laval. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, you know, the answer was we might want to send him down there for X amount of games so that he could literally learn how to run a power play. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to be performance-based or whether or not we think he's drowning a little bit in Montreal. It's because we might want him to work – on something specific that we can't necessarily do with him in Montreal. So again, this thing, like it's the beginning of the season. The Canadians have had a plan with this kid from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't think, I, I think, you know, Marty said today that he earned his way onto the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believe, I, you know, I take him at his word. I think he's being genuine in that, but I also think that the plan was to keep him. here. I, I think the plan was to keep him here from the start. And one of the reasons why I, I agree think, with you a hundred percent, by the way, go the, ahead. One of the biggest reasons I think that was the case is because preseason and, and training camp was not going to provide 
enough runway for them to properly evaluate what the mistakes are that he's making as a trend. And I, I yeah. asked Marty about this and I said, like, what, how do you coach this kid to make sure he plays free? And I said, well, mm -hmm. I don't want to overcoach him. I want him to play free. That's the whole point. And I said, okay, well, that's kind of like, so like what you mean is like, you, you don't want the, the best golfer in the group constantly giving you tips while you're on the course. And he said, exactly. He said, I, I'm kind of like what Craig Ramsey was doing with Slovakia, by the way. Yeah. He said, I, I, I'm down. I'm fine with him making a million mistakes as long as they're not the same ones, but we need time to be able to evaluate what's a one-off and what's a trend. And I don't think the way exhibition went with eight preseason games, with never being able to ice a roster that looks like an NHL team. Yeah. Uh, and the way it was all structured with 75 players here, that they could make that full evaluation. I think they knew that before they went into training camp. And the plan was, we're going to start with Slavkovsky here. We're going to really see what he's all about. And once we know what we can coach him on, mm -hmm. that's when we'll start to make decisions about where he's going to be in two weeks, in three weeks, in four weeks, in five weeks. And the player himself will be able to dictate how that goes too. So it's um, not out of the question that Slavkovsky will be in Laval this season at some point. Of course not. And it's not out of the question that any of them will be in Laval at some point this season. I, I mean, I don't think Brendan Gallagher is going to end up there, but I'm talking about the kids, obviously. And look, it, this is what the season is all about. It is yeah. about development. And yes, and that's what they mean when they say, you know, we'll always do what's best for the player. Meaning, if they see that the player is not being helped by playing in the National Hockey League at a certain point in time, for what's best for the player at that point, they'll send them to the American Hockey League. But right. I agree with you. Exactly. I think the plan all along was to play Slavkovsky, not only in Montreal. I'm going to take it a step further. I think the plan all along was to play Slavkovsky on a third line with veterans because I, I, I can remember the week of the draft, Vinny LeCavalier saying, when asked about the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning at the time, saying that the you know, Vinny LeCavalier was the Michael Jordan of hockey. He said that Jacques Demers really helped him because he put him on a third line with veterans, and it really helped his game because he didn't have a lot of pressure on himself. He had time to actually learn from veterans, not go up against the best players, not go up against the best lines, not go up Who against does he the work best for, He works for Kent Hughes. He's an advisor to him. <laughs> you know, what's, what's interesting to me, though, like, and you know this, Tony, and you know the fan base is so passionate, and it's a part, portion of it's hyperbolic. And I think some people watched Uri Slavkovsky play in the preseason, and they were like, He's absolutely not ready for this, as if the Canadians, who are so close to the situation, don't know what they're doing with the kid. And I understand they're scarred from the past and the development errors of people yeah. here before. Um, and uh, yeah. But everybody needs to relax a little bit. Like, they have not made a full-time decision on Slavkovsky. All they're doing is buying yeah. themselves a bit more time to evaluate the player and figure out what the trends are, uh, the good ones and the bad ones, so that they could properly develop him. And I'll, I'll say this, you know, I reached out to Ben Sherratt early in camp to talk about Arbor Jacki because yeah. the two of them have a, a relationship. Right? Yeah, I saw that. I read that piece too. Good one. He said, I, I, I love this kid. You got a pretty he nice Rolodex going, eh? Yeah, I got a good Rolodex. Thank you. He, so, uh, so yeah, look, he, he, he made a good point. And he said, look, I, I think every player, young player coming up, yeah. should experience at least a few weeks in the AHL. He said every single player, no matter how good they are, whether they're a first overall pick or, you know, a guy like Jack Eye who was never drafted, 
you should know what it is to ride the buses and have that experience and not be treated to the premium food and this and that so yeah. that you really appreciate it and understand how how cherished a spot in the NHL should be. Um, and he's not wrong. You know, like there's no coaches yeah. you will find that will tell you that time in the AHL is time wasted um, for any prospect. So I, I think, you know, when it comes to Slavkovsky or, or any of the other, other kids that are on the Canadians uh, roster, yeah, there will come a point in time where they're going to end up for a few games in Laval. And it's not necessarily going to be because the Canadians feel they're drowning in the NHL. It's going to be because maybe they want to see Slavkovsky run a power play for 10 games straight, or it's going to be because maybe they feel that Jordan Harris on a third pairing in Montreal uh, is not going to get that much better than he would if he was on a first pair in Laval for 20 games. So it's going to be that kind of season, and it's going to be interesting to see how they manage it. Eric, always great chatting with you. You can follow him on Twitter at Eric Engels. You can read his pieces at sportsnet.ca. And, of course, as you realize, if you didn't hadn't realized it already, he's pretty plugged in, and that's why he's on the SICK Podcast, usually on Mondays, today on Tuesday. Eric, I'll talk to you next week, Monday. Cool? My pleasure, Tony. And remember, if you have one mice, there might be more. Yeah, uh, thanks. That's all I needed to hear tonight before I go to bed, and now I just have these visuals of them crawling up in my bed, and now I'm petrified. Thanks, Eric. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Take care. All right, there you have it. Eric Engels, uh, a shout-out to Playground. And I welcome them to the program as well. They have over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and playground, casino, games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. It's Playground. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinaro. I had gone live on my own personal Instagram Uh, page and by the way i know that when i'm talking you can hear me and you can see me and when i'm not talking well you couldn't hear eric uh but that was just the way i had set it up on instagram because we are live on youtube on twitter and on facebook so i'm off instagram now and i want to grab your attention there and now i want to bring you over here if you love the sick podcast comment sick it's our way of feeling the love and if you're listening on audio Uh, Leave a five-star review. Uh, It makes us feel pretty good about ourselves. All right, okay. Um, If you have any comments, any questions, send them in. Comment right now on YouTube. Comment on Facebook. Comment on Twitter. And then Yellow and Sammy will bring them up. Unless, of course, they're just getting paid doing nothing. Let's go back to them. What's going on with you guys? Yeah, take a little bit longer to go back, as if I was a, as if I didn't want to fire you already. What's going on with you guys? I take my time because we're on the page. Yeah, look at Aniello, hard at work. <laughs> he's worked so hard in his life, this guy. So everything's good over there, back at the, uh, back at the ranch. I don't know if I just saw mice behind you running there. No, no, there's no mice. Trust me. Just checking. Because I could actually hear them. I could hear them. I don't even have to see them. I can hear them. I was just checking. What I'm worried about is if one enters the room, what do I do? Do I, do I, I get up? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just going to just sit here. I'm going to tell you that right, right now. What do I, what do I do? I, I scream? Do. I don't I, scream? No, you I, wanted this podcast to go viral? Yeah. If a mouse is seen in the background along my, uh, yeah. what do you, 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 the moldings, the what do you call that exactly? Baseboards. The baseboards, correct. If a mouse is seen along the baseboards while this is being, going live here, 
I can tell you that I will scream, and you wanted this podcast to go viral, it's going to go viral. Then you got to grab the hockey stick and see how good you are with the hockey stick. Yeah, then I'm going to have, you know, a bunch of people coming after me for, for you know, that's why I would just gently just push it out of the way. You understand? You have to be very careful what you say. Gently just push it out of the way. All right. We have any comments or questions we're going to get to or what? Or what, what, what are you guys doing here with that shirt? One team, one dream. How do you like mine? Are we still selling these things? Yes, we are. Okay. Are, are we making money? You are. No, 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 no. I haven't seen money coming in. Listen to me. And listen to me carefully, right? We used to sell these T-shirts, right? Yep. I was told I was going to be getting a cut. Yep. I haven't seen a penny. What are we doing here? Christmas. What are we doing? Christmas is coming. It's near. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Says the guy who lives in Kirkland to the guy who lives in Villa Sal. <laughs> He's selling the T-shirts, and that's it. That's it. Can, you, can you at least send me another marination shirt? This is the polo. I mean, pardon me. This is the hoodie. Can you send me a T-shirt, please? Yeah, because you look kind of hot tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very hot. Look at this. This has nothing to do with my 265 pounds, by the way. Which, by the way, you don't have to message me to tell me that it's becoming problematic. I think it's very clear every morning when I look in the mirror, the mirror doesn't lie. Now. From all the comments that I see, everybody misses you, and they love to have you back on. So everybody's super excited. Really? Yeah. Well, um... I want to thank everyone for their support um, and um, never say never. Um, but going back on the radio in English is not in my immediate future. I don't know if it ever will be again. We're very happy at the sick podcast to have you here. So. I'm, I'm well, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic to be at the sick podcast. And I, I do want to, because I'm a very transparent individual, I want to clear up some misconceptions. I know that you were told that, you know, Tony did something that we all want to do. He went to work on the other side and he worked less and he's going to make more money. The only part of it that's true is that Tony went to work on the other side. That part of it is true. The part of it that Tony left to go work on the other side is not exactly accurate. Because I can tell you that when Tony resigned at 12 p.m., Tony did not have anything signed with any radio station or any television station at that point. He resigned to dedicate more time to his podcast. And uh, because he's an incredible talent, it didn't take very long for him to get scooped up and signed with French radio and French television. Thank you very much. Um, but I, I, I look, I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm actually loving it. And, um, you know, I was approached to work radio in French five years ago. And uh, knowing now, um, knowing what I know now, uh, you know, I, I kind of wish I would have made the move five years ago. But at the same time, you know, it was 20 years. It was fun. But the exposure that I've received in like six weeks of radio and three weeks of television or something like that, the exposure has been unbelievable. It's been unbelievable. It's been, you know, it's in all humility. I, I think the exposure that someone like me should be getting, but anyway, so it's, 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 it's perfect. It's amazing. All right. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, my weight, 
matrixhomefitness.ca did set me up with a treadmill, which is to my left. It's about 20 feet away. And I do get on it. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to go on Instagram live tomorrow and show you that I do. Uh, I, I had started strong. Now my wife told me you don't have to really jog. You just have to walk pretty fast. So we're going to kind of change, change the strategy here. Can, can you bring up the ad for a second? Because you can bring it, uh, bring it home and discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. And you know what, Sammy? Can we go back to you for a second now? When you put up their ad and you got rid of it before I had actually finished, did you think that I memorized that by heart or what's just, or are you just not paying attention? What's going on here tonight? I know that you have everything memorized. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right. This is a professional podcast. I want to be working with professionals here. I want you guys to be on the ball. Everything's good. We will try our best. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right. New York Rangers, 3-1 over the top. By the way, we tease each other this way, all right? Just in case you're wondering, we tease each other this way. It's 10.58. Time flies when you're having fun, huh? All right, Marty St. Louis, earlier at practice, talked about a couple of things. But he also talked about who's playing the point on his power play. Let's listen to it right now. Miles got poise. He's got poise, and for a forward to play at the top like that, you need poise. And I think uh, there's a couple other guys that have that poise, but we're going to start with Mike with Hoff. All right, so there you have it. It's Mike Hoffman who's playing the point on the power play, and Hoffman has poise. You're probably wondering what the power play units are, power play unit one and two. Why don't we bring them up? Because this is a professional podcast. Look at this, the way we do podcasts compared to everyone else. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Chris Weidman, Sean Monahan, and Josh Anderson. Power play two, Hoffman, Dadanov, Gallagher, Gallagher, pardon me, Kirby Dock, and Christian Dvorak. And like Marty St. Louis said, they expect to have Slavkovsky on the power play at some point, not just right now. It's the Canadians and the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night at the Bell Center. I will be there joining my buddy Jean-Charles Lajoie, who will bring you GC TV Sport live from the Bell Center tomorrow. So I'll be joining him for my collaboration there. And then I'm going to come back home because I'll be back and I'm going to bring you the sick podcast again starting at 10 p.m. right after the Canadians and the Leafs. Marty St. Louis was also asked about the reasoning behind the lines and how he put them together. Listen to this. I think Slavkowski is earned a spot in our lineup. I don't think we're judging this on what we need him to experience at what time. I think he's, he's earned a spot and, and, and we're going to, you know, uh, um, evaluate day to day and, and, and keep doing what's best for Slav for his, uh, his long-term development. All right. Okay. You see, they played the wrong clip for me. I said the reasoning behind his lines, and they went to Slaff playing in the season opener. That's okay. That's okay. Agnello promises to be better going forward. Agnello. Agnello. All kinds of confusion. I'm scared to come on, yeah. 
all kinds of confusion. I said, you know that this is this is this is we're gonna have a lot of fun, you and I. This is this is okay. So there's a couple of clips we had prepared, right? Yeah. One was Hoffman at the point. The other one was no Slavkovsky in the power play. The other one was Slavkovsky to play the season opener. But there's one about the reasoning behind his lines. Okay, we we have that one now in yellow. Yes, we do. Sammy, go ahead. They have it. Thank you, Sammy. Let's listen to it right now. Mais t'essaies de mettre des, des joueurs dans des situations où ils peuvent avoir du succès. Puis là, mais t'évalues leur, leur rendement à, à chaque match. Puis tu sais, il faut, euh, faut que les, les décisions euh, qu'on prend, il faut qu'ils soient validées aussi. T'sais. T'sais, tu ne tu, tu peux pas toujours donner, donner, donner si tu n'as rien en retour. Fait que c'est mérité. Euh, et puis, euh, un, un coup qui a l'opportunité, c'est à eux autres de de continuer à améliorer leur sort, à monter leur valeur, puis à travailler là-dessus. Puis euh, ça, ça va, puis c'est pareil pour les, les joueurs qui ne seront pas dans le line-up. Euh, les choses peuvent changer vite. C'est à eux autres de continuer à monter leur valeur, puis quand ils rentrent, bien, de continuer à, à, à nous en donner. There's Martin Saint-Louis, en français, what he said was, listen, everyone that's there deserves to be there for now. At the same, point, at the same time, they have to validate that they can stay in the lineup and stay on those lines. So he says, I can't continue to give the give and give and give if I'm not going to get back. So they have to show what they can do to show that they can stay in the lineup. And if they're able to give more and perform even better, then they can move up in the lineup. So there you have it. It's the Canadians and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Folks, embrace the rebuild. You know, there's so many good young players around the National Hockey League and so many stars. Nathan McKinnon's Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Kale McCarr's Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Landeskog's Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. They drafted McKinnon one, Landeskog two, McCarr four. And they drafted Rantanen 10. And they have other players that they didn't draft that were former first-round picks and stuff like that. But you need to be bad before you can be good it's the reality of the national hockey league this is what it has become with the cap you have no other choice does a rebuild guarantee a stanley cup it does not they probably won't win one in buffalo and they probably won't win one in arizona i wouldn't give up on edmonton just yet and i wouldn't give up on toronto just yet because i think that they'll have a shot over the next couple of years But if Edmonton or Toronto don't win, you get to watch the Austin Matthews, the Mitch Marners, the William Nylanders in Toronto, and you get to watch the Connor McDavid's and the Leon Dreisaitl's of this world in Edmonton every game they play. That's not such a bad thing, is it? The Canadians have a plan. They're going to execute on it. They went 0-8 in the preseason. It doesn't mean that they're going to start the regular season 0-8. But if they do, It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world for Gordon. It's not the end of the world for Hughes. It's not the end of the world for Marty St. Louis because they're all on the same page. For the fans who are going to be really upset about it because they want a more competitive team, you did it one way, and it hasn't brought you a Stanley Cup since 1993. Why don't we try something else? They're going to try. In the meantime, the only thing that I ask You give me entertaining hockey. You double shift 
your best players. You give me Cole Caulfield. You give me Nick Suzuki. You give me Slavkowski when he's ready. You open it up. You're going to lose. No problem. Lose 5-4. Lose 6-4. Lose 4-3. You go to overtime, put three forwards on the ice in overtime. Play offense all the time. Take chances. Pull goalies with a pull your pull your goalie with a couple of minutes left. Just give me something. Give me entertaining hockey. That's what I want. And I will try and give you an entertaining show. Will it be entertaining each and every night? That's always the goal. There will be some that will be better than others. I've been listening to you. I read all of your messages. I read all of your emails. You've reached out on social media, and I thank you for your support. I thank you for all the beautiful words. I thank you for the kind words. It was an absolute pleasure and a privilege to bring you sports radio the way I wanted to do it, the way I did it for 20 years. Now I'm going to bring you the Sick Podcast live. We'll bring it to you Monday to Friday. I'll be in on some Fridays, but for the most part, Monday to Thursday, starting at 10 p.m., live on YouTube, live on Facebook, live on Twitter. We're going to get to your comments. We're going to get to your emails. We'll get to your posts. We'll get to your phone calls. And the big difference that you're going to have on this show that you won't have on a radio show is that when Peter from Cote St. Luke gives me a call and he's in the mood to sing Felicita, Well, it might even be a video call, and you might even see him. How cool is that? Special thanks once again to all of our sponsors presented by Energy Transportation Group, Mike Cinquino and Sean Gerard. Thank you very, very much. They're so good in the community, the way they support amateur sports and they support sports in general they are a perfect fit for this program for the podcast and i'll bring the energy pasquale fabo energy transportation group nice to see lasalle partnering up i appreciate the support always have always will 8.6 beer intense by nature like me the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Lacash. Last time you went to Lacash was when the Habs won the Cup. It's time you get back to Lacash. Huh? Playground poker. Playground over 600 machines. Thank you very much. Matrix Home Fitness. Tell your friends about it. Tonight was show number one, with the goal being that each and every show will get better and better. The podcast, the sick podcast. We'll have the likes of Eric Engels of Sportsnet, Marc-André Perrault of TV Aspar, George Larac of BPM Spar, Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette, Mitch Jaguer, assistant coach with the Carabin, Brendan Kelly might even join us from time to time. Why not? Anybody who's weighed in in the past is welcome to weigh in in the future. The future is now. The future is podcasts. The future is the sick podcast.
Have yourselves a sick night. I'll be back tomorrow. Is it 10 p.m. yet? I'm Marinero! And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. 